Welcome to the Sharon Cliff Podcast. I'm a business coach, a mentor, a wife, mama four, lover of wine, and a consumer of dark chocolate. On the Sharon Cliff Podcast, a real talk, no fluff podcast, myself and my incredible guests answer the hard questions with practical advice and fun. Sharing stories, tips, and the how-to, we explore mindfulness, marketing, building wealth, self-care, and all things business. A podcast to inspire you to take action so you can create a life and a business that you love without the burnout. To find out more about me, head to sharoncliff.com.au. Turn up the volume. Let's do this. Today's guest on the Sharon Cliff podcast is Ben Walker. Ben is an author, award-winning accountant, and founder of Inspire, life-changing accountants. Ben is a chartered accountant with over a decade of experience. He's the founder and CEO of Inspire, which he started at the age of 23. He's the co-author of Cashed Up, the seven steps method of pulling more money, time, and happiness from your business. Ben is the winner of the coveted Anthill Online 30 Under 30 Award and was named a finalist in the Brisbane Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. His business, Inspire, has helped save clients over $10 million in tax and counting. They've also given 10 million days of impact to families in need. Turn up the volume and let's meet Ben. And thanks for being uh, yeah. on the podcast today and you just want to Give us a, a bit of an intro into you, who you are, what your business is, and what you do through the day. So, um, yeah, my name is Ben Walker, and I started an accounting firm called Inspire back in 2013. You might have to think pretty hard about that number because it seems like ages ago now. But, uh, yeah, I guess I, I started the, the firm uh, because I was a bit so I'm not too happy with how the accounting industry was heading, and I thought it could be done uh, a little bit better and, and almost with the client in mind. And so, yeah, so almost eight years ago now, um, I started out on my own, and and we've sort of grown since. Um, in terms of what we do, we work with small business owners, and uh, our goal is to get their tax sorted, but also help them sort of understand their numbers, grow their profit, and, and ideally their business value as well, while keeping an eye on actually investing some profit each year as well so so we don't want everything going back into the business we, we want to grow the family wealth along the along the way as well and, and even though you're based in, in in brisbane you can help anyone anywhere in the world because obviously we've got great technology these days with with zoom and also with online accounting software so you don't have to be in brisbane ben and his team can help you out anywhere so that's great ben what i wanted to to talk about first is What's the most common mistake you see with female entrepreneurs in, in business? I, I guess this one's not sort of just just female entrepreneurs I see it with, but maybe entrepreneurs in general. Yeah. And, and I guess the, the tricky one is not actually sort of going through and, and learning and learning about numbers, um, but more so just sort of sticking it in the denial box or assuming someone else will have it covered. And it's not that's not a huge thing, but what that turns into is uh, is almost no one's got it covered. So to, to solve that, I mean, you don't need to become accountants, but as long as you know enough so that you're able to manage your business um, and, and so you, you know how to sort of understand a profit and loss statement, you know kind of how, how tax works on a high level and, and you're working with an accountant who can guide you on that stuff, then it, it doesn't take much to um, to have that stuff under control. And sort of leading into that, we, we, we hear all the time, you know, you need to know your numbers and, and um, you know, you need to be across that. So 
if and, and there's lots of numbers that you need to, to know in business, but if there was one number that we really need to, to, to be conscious of and, and really watch that, what would that be? One number? If it was one single number, um, it's, it's what I actually call uh, our magic number. And we do it in, internally as well at Inspire. So a magic number is our sales target each week. Now, that sales target is how much we need to bring in in, in sort of new proposals accepted um, to make sure that uh, all the bills are paid, the team are paid, the lights are on, rent's paid, um, and the, the business owner has a, a wage as well. So we, we want to make sure we account in our, in our target for the business owner taking home a fair salary. But then also, depending on the stage of your business, you do want to also add in some profit in there as well. Not just a, a wage for yourself, but adding in a, a profit figure as well. So that magic number should incorporate a whole lot. Um, and it does take a bit of time to work out how much it is. But once you know it, you've got so much clarity and so does our, like at Inspire, our whole team knows that magic number. We update it every single day so everyone's aware um, and, and we know that if we hit that, everything's fine. If we don't, we uh, we know we need to do something about it. So, um, so, yeah, if there's one number, it's your magic number. And that could be, you know, if it's just you and, and you're doing, like, I'm not sure what, what sort of business types, um, uh, I think it would be pretty very, but if you're just on your own, you might have a smaller magic number than if you've got a team behind you, but still work it out. So you still need to know how much money you need to put food on the table at home. And so for the magic number two, one of the things you said there was um, having that magic number and knowing it, but also going back and looking at it. So not just coming up with a number and just sort of leaving it there, but you mentioned that you looked at it daily. So whether you're looking at it daily or weekly, you know, at, at a minimum, but you probably won't be looking at that monthly, but I, I guess, you know, you might not look at it daily, but at least as a minimum monthly, but probably a, a good target would better look at that weekly yeah yeah and i think that just depends on the on the business and how often sales occur like if, if you've got one or two consulting clients it might be a bit different than if you're looking after tens or hundreds of clients you might have different times that sales hits i think that it, it's it's definitely good to have it somewhere very central and, and somewhere you see often. For sure. And you mentioned in, in their profit as well. So can you ex- explain in, um, in, some, in you know, an easy way to digest the difference between revenue and profit and why it's so important to know the difference? So I kind of use an example of going and buying a coffee. If, if you put yourself in the shoes of the cafe, so revenue, we can also interchange with the word sales. So their sale price for, let's say, a long black is $4.50. $4.50 is their sale price. But they've got a few costs involved with that. So they've got to you know, pay, pay for the milk, pay for the portion of the beans they use, and they've also got to pay the labour for the person who made it. They've got to keep lights on and rent and that sort of stuff. So there's, there's a lot more that of, of, I guess, costs that go into making that coffee, which they sell for $4.50. If we think of revenue being the $4.50 sale price and then profit is what's left over out of that $4.50 after your portion expenses against that. As a cafe, it might be 10% or 20% maybe of the $4.50 that's actually profit. And that's a key point to knowing, you know, not just what your sales are, but also what your business expenses are. So that's uh, something that you also need to be aware of where where your um where your expenses are for your business as well, and making sure that, you know, if there's any expenses that you're that, that you're carrying in your business, that whether you can um, reduce those expenses or mm. streamline them as well. That's right. And the, the big the big ones we see is usually. Uh, 
team members, so employees, um, rent, uh, insurance, is a, regardless of your business, it's a very common one to have there, regardless of the size. But yeah, we, we see often people and rent are the two big ones. Yeah. Is it also a good habit to get into, Ben, check in, um, you know, perhaps not yearly, but maybe every six months or, th- or quarterly, having a look at what expenses your business has and seeing whether there's anywhere that you can sort of tighten them, you know, reducing expenses. Is, is that a great habit to get into? And one of the things we really encourage people to do is actually go in and, and look at what's coming out of their credit card or their, their bank accounts on a regular basis. So it's the recurring expenses that often chip away at our money rather than the once-off bits and pieces we might get. Every So, so definitely do it now if you haven't done it recently uh, and then a good rhythm for that because expenses tend to sneak back in and you might sign up to a subscription do a trial and you, you wanted to cancel it but then you don't end up cancelling it uh, they, they do they just sneak back in and so I reckon do it every three months and you should catch stuff before it turns into a year later and the power of this as well let's say let's say you cancelled only sort of $250 a, a month worth of subscription so you might have cancelled doing a bit of personal expenses here but let's say you cancel Stan and Netflix and, and you're going to watch Amazon Prime for a while and then you renegotiate your home phone and internet bundle and you you, you tweak around and you save 250 bucks a month. Now, each year that's going to add up to about just under $3,000 worth of expenses, which, um, you know, that's a fairly decent holiday. It, it does add up even though $250 a month doesn't sound like much. It, uh, it works out to be a handful when you annualise it. Yeah. I'm with a lot of conversations that I have with, with female entrepreneurs and, and you know, business owners in general and myself included is that the finance and money side of my business really scares me and it, it does bring up a fear because, you know, you love the marketing side and you love the customer service side of it and you love the entrepreneur side, but the finance and money side does scare, does scare a lot of people. What are the tools and strategies that you've helped clients with to actually overcome that fear of money and, you know, that, that sort of financial side of their business? I actually think, and I, like I haven't researched studies and stuff on this, but my gut feel on it is it, it's actually to do with the unknown. And when I look at stuff I'm scared of, it's because I usually don't understand stuff or whatever it is. And um, like I was, I was noticing with my daughter Rose, um, she started to notice shadows and, um, and she was wigging out so much because of my shadow was moving. And I said, no, 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 that's daddy's, that's Rose's. As daddy's and you know, trying to sort of calm her down that hey, this is all normal, we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> but because she didn't really know what it was, she was starting to freak out. And, and I think that's the same with, especially with numbers, is it's it is quite complex. Um, and and as your business grows, the things you need to worry about actually changes. Um, if if I guess my tip is to actually work with someone who can sort of coach you through the stuff you need to to know about and, and to be able to manage things like the magic number. Um, like yeah. that's something that I reckon all business owners should should know. Um, stuff like how much tax to set aside. Then you're not going to get caught off guard when you lodge your BAS or your tax returns due. Um, there's just things you can do to you know know the stuff that you don't currently know. Yeah. And I guess that's sort of finding that balance is that you as a business owner, there's certain uh, numbers and figures that you need to be across as a business owner and there's other parts of your business that if you've got a, you know, a, a good accountant and a, and a good relationship with accountant that there's parts of the business that you can let them sort of, you know, worry about those numbers and track those numbers. So I guess it's about having a really good partnership with with an accountant, um, you know, and, and, a, and a financial advisor so you know that 
you're across the side that you need to and if there's parts of those financial figures and um, financial data that you're not sure is that going back to you don't just think oh it's okay my accountant's going to sort that out but it's it's knowing that if there's parts of the business you don't understand or there's parts of you know the the profit loss or, or cash flow that you don't understand is the going back and and getting help so that you do understand that so that and that probably takes that fear out as well is that if there's something you don't understand, well, that's when the sort of fear comes in, as you said. So if, um, if you've got a great relationship with, with an accountant and you know that um, you've got confidence, they're, they're doing what they need to do, but you also, as a business owner, need to take responsibility for the figures that you need to be across as well. So it really is coming back to having a, a good relationship and confidence with your, with your financial partner as well. And I, um, I hear a lot from, from clients and business owners that, hey, I'm not, I'm not a numbers person and that, that sort of stuff. And, and I think if you're listening and, and you might feel like that, that's totally fine. I think that's normal. In fact, sometimes I hate numbers, right? <laughs> I get sick of them. <laughs> At the same time, if you're a business owner, um, it, it's, it's mandatory to be able to run a business to, to have some sort of financial mindset and approach. Otherwise, like there's, there's really no other option. And, you know, if you work for someone, someone's going to be doing that financial management. Yeah, well, I hope they are. <laughs> but as a business owner, that's a role and, and a hat you must wear. Same with the sales roles. It's either you or an employee or a team member who sorts that out. Marketing, every function in a business does need someone looking after it. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, you, you do that. And as the person running it, that's the that's the thing you need to know. Either outsource it to someone like an accountant or bookkeeper, but you still need to be able to work with them and manage them in a way. Yeah, sure. And so you mentioned money mindset there, and that was the one of the things I wanted to um to talk to with you today. A lot of people, you know, they sort of hear money mindset and they go, oh, yeah, woohoo, you know. What are your thoughts around money mindset and when you're talking to clients, you know, around that sort of, you're having that conversation with them about they need to be in that money mindset, can you give us a bit more um, of, of an idea on how how you talk to them about money mindset and about how you have that conversation so that it, the, you then see that click so you sort of sit and go, oh, money mindset, you know, and then you you see that that transformation in them and they realise that, you know, that money mindset is important and, and it isn't all that sort of woohoo and, and fearful stuff. I think we've really got to take it right back to basics. And, again, the conversation I'd have with clients would be different at, depending on what stage they're at in business. So from someone in sort of like the, the first few years, I think the focus would be around making sure they're charging enough so that they're not just covering costs, you know, they're making sure they're making money and they're not sort of selling themselves too short. And I know that when we're getting something off the ground, we might want to test with a cheaper price. You don't want to just be cutting costs to beat a competitor or, or lowballing because you probably won't make much money at all. And the other thing on that point is you want to make sure that you're not living below the poverty line or the way you work that out is go and have a look at what the minimum wage is on, on fair work. Let's say it's $15 an hour, which is the minimum wage. Now, we, we want to make sure we're earning more than that, right? And as business owners, we might have the tendency, and I did it as well, to you know work 50, 60, 70-hour weeks, and, and we're not really earning much. But let's say we're taking out 1000 bucks a week divided by 70 hours because yeah, we're working hard. That's less than $15. That's $14.30 an hour, which, you know, for our effort is definitely not worth it. So, you know, I think there's a there's a time that we might need to be working 
for way less than what we're worth, but that doesn't that cannot be medium to long term. It, it just has to be short term to get something off the ground first. So yeah, that, that's a conversation I have someone sort of starting out uh, and then sort of growing a team um, and you know going from yourself to maybe a group uh, a team of five to ten people. The conversations would definitely be around making sure you've got cash buffers in place, like you've you've got a few months worth of expenses in the bank as you grow, because there's a lot of businesses who do what we call growing broke, um, that they don't have the cash flow to sustain the, the new expenses. The other thing as well is expectations of new employees. You've, you've got to become a master as a business owner of managing people, which might be very different to the skill set which got you. The, the business started. So like, let's take me as an accountant. I, I might have been great at lodging tax returns and doing all that crap when I started the business. But what I had to do very quickly is learn how to best manage people, to, to grow them and get the best out of them, make sure they're happy. And them being happy means your clients are happy, which means you will be making money, hopefully. <laughs> uh, so, so that's the kind of stuff. Hopefully, yeah, if, if you've got your pricing right and, you, and your business model um, spot on, then yeah, you should be um, definitely making money with a team. Yeah. It's it's those cash buffers in place, and uh, and then uh, and then sort of growing from there. I think we take those lessons at the start and and just keep applying them through whatever glass ceilings you're pushing through. Um, you know, we've seen clients who um, making a living. Uh, for the first few years of working with us and and then um, especially in the last sort of six months even with COVID um, certain businesses have just gone through the roof like I've I've probably had three or four who are are pushing seven figures in profit it's huge huge yeah yeah but they they were nowhere near that even one or two years ago so it's um it's pretty cool to see that once you get this right you can go from you know making 100 200 grand between a family group to you know, huge figures, and, and that's the power of leveraging other people or, yeah. or the power of scaling yeah. as well. But you, you definitely need cash flow management when you're starting to build from there. So, and I guess that's the other thing too, you know, as, as your business grows, financial side of your business changes because, you know, there's different expenses coming in, there's different costs, how you manage your business, like it, that all changes with, with growth and and also your business structure. You mentioned business structure just before and you might find that, you know, you might be a sole trader or you might be in a partnership and then you might need to change your structure to a proprietary limited, et cetera. And that's also important too when, when you know, setting up your business but also with business growth is, is to make sure that you've also got the right business structure to set you up legally so that you don't sort of come into any pitfalls there and leave yourself open to to any kind of legal issues, but also to make sure that um, as far as, you know, tax and profit and all that sort of stuff is that you've, you've got your business structure set up as well. And that's probably another thing to really look at and, and speak to someone like yourself or one of your team where um, make sure they've got that structure right. That's a good point, actually. Um, you know, t- tax is often, you know, I mentioned people and, and rent, <laughs> but tax is often um, a, a huge component of, because like, even stepping back even further into earlier in our conversation, we were talking about revenue and profit. Well, you've got to pay tax on profit. So so the profit's not all yours. You've, you've then got to take off, you know, depends, depending on your structure. You know, as a sole trader, you, you might pay up to 47% tax in Australia, um, which is almost half your profit. But if, if you're a company, company tax rates as a business are sitting around 26% as a flat rate of tax. And then a trust, uh, if you're structured as a trust, you get to choose who you give that profit to. So it could be you, it could be 
other family members who are on a lower tax bracket than you. So you might pay even less than the 26% company tax. So it, it does make a huge difference. And you know, over the years, we've we've saved our clients, I think we're close to probably $12 million now in tax, which is, is huge. The biggest impact on that number has to do with the client's business structure. So um, yeah, it is it is extremely important. That, that is absolute gold. I mean, I know we talk about numbers and we talk about profit and things like that, but that structure, like what you've just demonstrated there with the, the savings um, and particularly how much having the wrong kind of structure can eat into your profits, like that, that is gold right there. And I know for myself, four or five years ago, I came to you and went through that exercise that this is kind of business I've got, this is where my family's at, this is how many kids I've got, these investment properties we've got, et cetera. And we made sure that we set all that up right. And I see that when I talk to other business owners and we talk about how we've got our business structured and also how we've got our, our personal wealth structured as well, you know, it can make a really big really big difference in, um, in, in your future wealth. And that sort of leads me into the next topic. For female entrepreneurs that may have, you know, just started their business or be a couple of years into their business, may have had a break to have kids or might be running this as a side gig or, um, you know, they're just starting to build their business. What are the main tips that you've got for female entrepreneurs to make sure that, you know, well, obviously we've spoken about profit and structure and all that sort of stuff, but setting themselves up for, for wealth and for financial success and also for that financial freedom because as, as female entrepreneurs, we generally start our businesses to because we're passionate about something and we know we're, that we've got a genius zone that we can um, help people. But a lot of the times we also do it because we want to fit around our family and we want to be able to be there for our kids and have a flexible business. And, and, I, and I know that for myself is that, you know, I wanted to be there for my kids and be able to be able to work anywhere in the world. And that was part of my financial freedom. It also, you know, been able to make an impact on a global scale. And so what, what are your tips for, for, for female entrepreneurs trying to get a, a business that gives them financial freedom but also to build that wealth long term? Yeah, again, you know, you, there's so many wealth people who you know charge ten or twenty grand to to do a course. I struggle with that because yes, there's a bit of magic to it and, the, and 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 things you need to prescriptively follow. But at the end of the day, wealth creation and financial freedom comes down to some pretty simple concepts. So one of the ones that comes to mind, which is a non-negotiable, is to earn more than you spend. Um, so you, you need to do a bit of a stock take of where you're at at the moment. So, And this is on a family household income level, but also in a business sense. So you need to look at what's your income sources. Is it just you working or is your partner working as well? So what's the income? Do you have rental income, shares, dividends, all that sort of stuff? You add all the income up and then work out what your expenses are. And yet it's a bit of a pain to do it, but Again, you, you do a little bit of pain, but you get awesome clarity. Um, so, so you know, have, have, what's the dog food a week? Like, <laughs> you work that stuff out. Might be more like, what's the what's the wine budget? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need an alcohol budget in there too. But <laughs> all that sort of stuff. You know, the boys' trips, the girls' trips. You know, if you do one of them a year and, and you spend a couple of hundred bucks, that needs to come into you know how much you, comes in and out a month. Um, yeah. So you need to work out what what's what does your household take to run a year? What's coming in a year? And then you're working out if you're moving forward in your wealth creation, as in are you earning more than what you're spending? Cool. Invest the difference. You, you don't need it 
to live if you're comfortable with your lifestyle. So invest that into something else, whether it's shares or property or, or, or whatever it is. Um, make, make sure you're not just leaving it in the bank account and, um, and Parkinson's law, uh, which suggests if it's you know, basically if it's there, you'll use it. You know, if you're supposed to have a 20 grand buffer, and you see that 20 grand in the account, you're probably going to spend it. So that's just human nature. So instead of spending it, you know, if, if 20 grand is your buffer, then just start allocating, you know, $1,600, $1,700 a month into a separate account or into shares or whatever your strategy is. Um, but definitely invest it. Mm. And and the, the other one as well is not everything goes perfectly to plan. <laughs> so if we go, first thing is earn more than you spend. The second one is invest the difference. And the third one is ha- have a stash. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's people who recommend sort of three months worth of living expenses as a household, uh, you know, things like the mortgage repayments and, and food on the table, all that sort of stuff we just went through. If you've got three months worth of expenses, COVID could hit. Yeah. You go down to part-time instead of full-time or you lose your job and you know that you've got three months to sort stuff out before you get serious, before it starts to get serious. And, and you see things like, you know, Job Seeker, which was if people lost their jobs, they could go and get help from Centrelink. Or Job Keeper was a, a help in COVID for businesses to keep their employees paid. So, so there's things that help there, but you've got three months up your sleeve to, to work that out. And it's just peace of mind. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, sort of take that stress away as well because if you've had some sort of situation where things drastically change, you're under enough stress stress and pressure as it is, you don't need mm-hmm. to then think, oh, crap, we've got no money in the bank. Uh, at least you know, well, we've got three months to, to get us by. And that sort of leads us into what's your top tip for managing cash flow because, you know, obviously with a lot of business owners, managing cash flow is hard, particularly in the current environment where we probably haven't got that security thinking that you know, knowing that, you know, we might have regular income coming in, it sort of fluctuates a lot at the moment. What's the number one thing that we can look at for, for cash flow and either keeping an eye on it or, or how to track it? What's your best advice for cash flow? I don't want this to sound harder than it is because um, it's not it's not super simple, but it's not super complex. The, the tip is to actually do a budget. Now, you could apply doing a budget to your household, like I suggested with what's coming in and out. Um, I, I do have a spreadsheet that might help actually um, with a whole heap of suggested expenses that I can send through, Sharon. But the um, from a business perspective, if you're using accounting software like Xero, um, it's relatively straightforward to go into their budget section and work out what's your projected income or sales or revenue uh, and then what are all your expenses and you can do it month by month. Uh, it's just really simple to see when you do that budget what your profit is going to look like or what your, your income is, sorry, your, your net profit after all your expenses is going to be. Now, once you know that and, and it's relatively reliable, um, then that's what you work towards. In fact, once you've got your budget sorted, we can work out what your weekly magic number is. Whether you do it as a spreadsheet or something in zero, it sounds like that's sort of the key to managing your numbers, your magic number, and also um, your profit and also looking at your cash flows. Ben, thank you so much for um, for coming on the podcast today. It was an abs- you dropped some absolute gold in there and the business structure, that's something that definitely I know a lot of people will take away from that someone wants to work with you and wants to find out more about any of the um the 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 topics that we've spoken about today what's the best way for someone to get in contact with you best way is to um, reach out through our website our domain is inspire.business 
So it's one of those funky domains. And if you want to have a chat to one of our accountants who can sort of talk through these concepts, um, it's inspire.business forward slash chat. We can do a sort of zero cost um, strategy call with you just to run through where you're at. And, and if, if we're suited to help, we can run through that. Otherwise, point you in the right direction. Thank you. We'll um, pop those links in the in the notes anyway. If anyone wants to talk to Ben and his team about, um, you know, structures or tax or cash flow, the difference between revenue and profit or money mindset or anything like that. And Ben has a stack of free resources as well, the, the webinars that they run. Thank you so much, Ben. No worries. Thank you very much for having me on, Sharon. Wow, so much gold right there. I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. Get in touch via Instagram, Sharon underscore Cliff, or my website, SharonCliff.com.au. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share on socials, make sure you tag me in, or leave a review. The Sharon Cliff Podcast, helping you build a business and a life that you love without burning out. Have an awesome week and I'll see you next week. Thank you.